Yo! I'm Chalanga. I'm Dylan. Wait, are we and recording? This... Yeah, we're recording, motherfucker. Oh, I see. It's up in the left-hand corner. <laughs> and this is the CND Podcast. What's up? <laughs> Dylan, I think that's the perfect intro after a uh, fucking horrible loss by the Wolves, man. It wasn't even... It was the best loss we've had this season. I feel like we had such a good three quarters. I just we we had to put that last twelve minutes mm-hmm. together, and we would have been right there. I mean, I know, but that's like it, it hurts worse, you know, yeah. when it's like because the whole game, I was like, oh, I think the Wolves are going to win this game. Like they're they're playing really well. They're moving the ball. Like I I think the the most Clearly encouraging the sign. Game. What clearly the better team. The most encouraging sign was, you know, at the beginning of the game, they came out and the offense was moving, the ball was moving, people were running off ball, making cuts, and like it it looked like a team that had played together, like a team that that had played together, that hadn't <laughs> played together. Yeah, yeah, which was encouraging. Awesome. Like, yeah, right? It was really encouraging. Um and you know i think the the part that we all ignored is that memphis was missing a lot of pretty open threes throughout the first half and the wolves were turning the ball over a lot like memphis was forcing a lot of steals and so there were like the wolves were looking good but there was this undercurrent the entire time of memphis just like missing and like really they should have been ahead at halftime but they weren't um so I, I, thought, I guess I, I wasn't. The Wolves should have been ahead by more, though, too. Well, that, I, I mean, th- I think that proves my point is that like <laughs> the Wolves played a a pretty sloppy first half, and Memphis missed a lot of wide open threes. You know? Yeah, I I I thought that Carl Towns played incredible on defense for the first three quarters. Oh my god! Although I will say, within the first like five minutes of play, he had three fouls and he's really lucky that they only called one of them because like he 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 got that first early foul and he was not being careful which yeah it worked out because i mean he ended up playing excellent defense and like the the wolves got out to that lead but i i like feel very lucky that he didn't get three fouls in the first five minutes of the game (laughs) i don't know what josh okogi gives us offensively yet and he might give us nothing like he has in the past but he did show like in preseason that he might be able to be a spot-up shooter that being said defensively he made himself look like bar none the second best player on the team like in terms of both ways just because he was so so effective on the defensive end like so effective in transition carl towns shoots a three and then what happens carl doesn't doesn't release after he shoots classic Timberwolves move, but who was there on the other end to strip the ball? I don't know who he stripped the ball away from with Dylan Brooks or DeAnthony Melton. I don't know, but he strips the ball away from them. And then somehow we get the ball back because he strips off of their leg or something just Mm -hmm. like a plus a plus 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 defending better than Lou Dort. Yeah, somehow Akogi didn't get credited for any steals, but he did have he did get credited for three blocks. Interesting. Um, well, yeah. maybe one of those blocks was that steal that I'm talking about in transition because they maybe maybe they were just saying that he, whatever guy that was went into his shooting motion. Yeah, the st- the the stocks are, are an interesting stat. You know, it's like when when does one stop and the other begin? Um, 
Can we talk about D'Lo for a minute? Sure. Because D'Lo, you know, I I have been pretty vocal about my D'Lo trutherism. Um, you know, plainly said, I think he's ass. <laughs> I've said it before. I'll say it again. I mean, I I, I want to root for him, and and when he has good games, I will celebrate. Uh, and he's had he's strung together three good games in a row now. Good, um, not great. There are some really stupid turnovers where it's like, well, you got to like, you just got to take that with the way that D'Lo plays. He just will. He'll lose the handle at some point. Like he, he has a good handle, but then all of a sudden at some stupid, important moment, he will lose the ball for nothing for nothing. Or, you know, I, I remember there was, there was one play and, and Jim Pete kind of was giving D'Lo compliments after it. Okay. So, D D'Lo was on the they were on defense. He was on the left side of the floor and they were in like a pseudo zone. Mm-hmm. And uh, D'Lo's I mean I mean they they were they were playing man, but D'Lo kind of decided that they were playing zone cuz D'Lo's <laughs> man cut all the way across the floor and D'Lo was trying to cut off the inbound pass to Valanciunas. And he just stood in in the spot while his man was in the corner. So Juancho Hernan Gomez was on two two uh two players and of course someone drove to the basket and saw that there was someone wide open in the corner and kicked it out to him and then Wancho was kind of stuck having to make the decision between going to the corner or playing the pass and Jim Pete kind of gave Wancho shit for rotating when he didn't need to rotate but D'Lo was on the other side of the court he was on the other side of the court Wancho was on his own to defend two people and I, I just feel like he falls asleep on defense too often. And and granted, his that on-ball defense... That was like first quarter. Yes. Yes. His his on-ball defense would, like, was actually pretty impressive this game. He was putting in a lot of effort. Um, but man, he just is sleepy sometimes, you know? Uh, not just sleepy, lazy. Not just like... Mm. His, he literally will just sit there. It, it, was, it wasn't the last game against the Spurs, but our first game against the Spurs where he just someone got the ball and he didn't even, someone got the ball like in the corner. He didn't even close out. Just decided yeah. I'm not going to close out on you. Cause like if you're going to make it or you're going to miss it. Right. Mm-hmm. And just to that to me, it sh- is a bad teammate. That to me is a teammate that calls someone out for cheating on Iggy Azalea. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Swaggy deserved it, but uh <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he finished the game with 25, eight assists, three rebounds, two steals, but he was minus 11 on the game. Um, You know, I'm not, I'm not putting too much stock in this plus minus. I mean, the entire bench was in the negative, which makes sense to me, but also Juan Johanna Gomez was a plus seven leading the team, which like, that's just in the fourth. Yeah, that's true. Good point. That's a good point. He, he didn't play in the fourth. Um, because he he looked bad tonight. Yeah, he looked bad. I mean, he looks useless on offense and on defense. He well, there was that one play where he kind of got sold out by D'Lo, but he just can get beat off the dribble so easily, and he also can't protect the rim. So he like not only can he play not play up on a defender, but he can't play back on a defender because he's not going to stop their drive. He's not going to stop their drives either way. Yeah. You know, I think I think the important thing that I just have to keep remembering is that 
this roster is not very good. Outside of Carl Anthony Towns, there they're just like are not there's just not very many like real good solid NBA players there's, on this there's team. There's no one playing the role that they should be playing on an NBA team behind Carl Anthony Towns. D'Lo is not the second best player on any team, but the second actual second best player might be Josh Okogi, and he should be the fourth or fifth best player on a solid NBA team. Yeah, Malik Beasley should be a six-man scorer. Maybe you know, they're like... all sixth men. Maybe D'Lo's a sixth man and Josh Okogi's a sixth man. So it's like, it's Carl well, I solid six men. I, I don't think Josh Okogi will ever be a sixth man. I think Josh Okogi is either going to be a starter or like a ninth man. You know, like, <laughs> like I don't Allen. think. Like a Tony Allen. Yeah, he's yeah. Either he's either going to be so Allen. good defensively that you have to start him. Yeah. Or he's going to be so bad offensively that <laughs> he, uh, he has to be, you know, fourth or fifth off the bench. Um, he's never going to be a top three option on offense. I mean, he's not on no. this team either, obviously, but. Uh, I, I guess I just, two shots I, tonight. I guess I just meant in general the sixth best player in a team, not the sixth man, because the sixth man is a scoring position. So yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. Um, so I, I guess I'm I'm most curious to see how the Wolves look. Uh, they play the Grizz again on Friday or Saturday. I, I can't remember. I don't remember either. Um, but probably Friday. Um, but I'm 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 curious to see how they look. Uh, playing them again, I, I imagine Carl probably won't play that game. Um, is that a back to back? No, but I, I just like I don't know. I I'm pretty unclear about what Carl's like medical plan is with his wrist. So we play the we play the Grizzlies on Friday, and then on Monday we play the Hawks. I think the plan mm. is to play him unless there's a back to back. That's that's my... actually a nice that's a nice break. So uh, yeah, I mean maybe he will play. A... He, and, we don't have a back-to-back until we play the Hawks on Friday and then the Pelicans on Saturday. That's a week from this Friday. So who knows? Maybe Carl will be healed a lot more by then because there's a lot of good there's a lot of good rest in between now and then, I think. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Um I, I, I have one final note on on the the Wolves is that this this team's rebounding is really sus right now. And granted, with with uh Brandon Clark and Valanciunas, that's some really good rebounding by Memphis. But, man, they were getting killed on the boards again. It was which... eight offensive rebounds by Jonas Valanciunas, and I don't know how many of them were putbacks, but probably eight. I'm just going to say eight. <laughs> eight of his it 11 felt like it. putbacks. <laughs> it definitely felt like it. I, I mean, outside of Carl Anthony Towns, there's not really – I, I think I said this early on is that I think Malik Beasley is going to be the second leading rebounder on this team. And I don't think that's a good thing. <laughs> I think that's, that's a pretty bad thing. Yeah. Um, and Grayson so we, Allen we, is not going to go three for five from three in no. a normal game. No. Gr- yeah. Grayson. I that, mean, they're, they're, that killed us on their huge run. They had a 24 to four run yeah. uh, going into the fourth quarter and it was Grayson Allen and it was Kyle Anderson both not yeah. super great three point shooters that were driving that. So and, you know, Anthony Edwards, Anthony Edwards was one of six, and um, you know, Jared Culver had a shit game. Jared Vanderbilt had three early fouls, so there was some there was some freak stuff that happened for sure. Uh, but I, I, don't I don't know, know that I don't know if Jared Vanderbilt fouling early is freak stuff. 
I feel like that is Jared Vander Jared Vanderbilt's game. Like he's he's either going to get called with a lot of 50 <laughs> calls or he's just not. He's gonna have a good game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you're right. You're right there. You're right there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and I think I think the the other reflection I have on it is that I, I think Ryan stuck with Hernan Gomez too long, and he he should have just went another route because it's not like Brandon Clark like is that dominating of a power forward like i think that anthony edwards Jarrett culver could have like done okay on brandon clark like certainly better than as of uh, thus far this season i wouldn't be surprised if he had a season high because he has been struggling yeah exactly and you know and Hernan gomez just was complete ass and ryan really stuck with him um and but you know that that also is something to say about our forward rotation is that it's hard to be like it's hard to veer away from Hernan Gomez because we don't really have any other fours on the roster. Okay, so Carl isn't fully healthy, obviously, right now. So I I don't. But he still know. looked amazing. He still looked amazing. I think that defensively he's going to get like he's going to be able to box out better. I feel like his left wrist, like anytime someone's on his left, he's more hesitant to like box out or more hesitant mm-hmm. to uh uh post up or whatever. Um mm-hmm. So I think that that's going to I think he's going to improve at all of that and it, that is going to help his defense a lot. That being said, I did write an article last week, I believe, about how centers have been getting uh have been having a uh, season high scoring against the Timberwolves this season including like uh, Marcus Soul uh, a bunch of players anyway Jonas Valančiūnas had a season high I don't know if Brandon Clark had a season high he's not a center but he might have also had a season high it's going to be difficult if we're just going to let the centers get season highs against us because that's those are the easy points if if you're going to allow the easy points to happen that's what's going to open up the three three ball and that's what happened with Memphis like they weren't able to make shots outside at the beginning but once Jonas Valančiūnas got cooking and started getting offensive rebounds off of a lot of these misses that's what kept them in the game and then they were able to get hot after that so it's just it, we're going to need Carl to step it up against his guy like i i know i said that he played really well most of what the way that he played well was against other guys who were driving to the rim. Um, but Jonas Valanciunas, like he needs his matchup to not play that well against him too. So, okay. Uh, so just, just to answer your question, Brandon Clark did not have a season high oh, tonight. He scored 21 against the Nets on the eighth. And then he scored 19 tonight. Mm-hmm. But the, so this is his second highest scoring out. Yes. <laughs> yes. This is his second highest scoring game uh, of the season. To be a little bit more positive. <laughs> Uh-huh. I think I think that people are probably going to be like, well, there was no Jaron Jackson. There was no John Morant. What are the Timberwolves doing losing to this kind of team at full strength, right? Oh, th- this this iteration of the Grizzlies play hard. This is a good, defensively <laughs> a really good team. They had some, yeah. there was some, a lot of turnovers. Okay, so there were a couple of deal turnovers that were just bad. But there were a lot of turnovers that I was just like, that's just a hustle play. That's not something, mm-hmm. you know, to to, sh- to shout out our guy, Rudy. That's a hustle points play. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Rudy Rudy St. Clair has a Grizzlies podcast. He'll be on the pod, by the way, this Sunday. So mm-hmm. uh, shout yep. out, right? This Sunday, yeah. Yep. Get excited for next week. We're going to have Rudy St. Clair on the pod. 
of the Hustle Points podcast. So yeah, they were just hustling, and they do hustle. This team really plays play hard, hard fast on defense, fast. Mm-hmm. And so the other thing is that like Brandon Clark was was he third or fourth in Rookie of the Year voting? I think he was third. He was third in Rookie mm-hmm. of the Year voting. They had the best rookie and the third best rookie last year. So Brandon Clark, I know he struggled to start the season, but with John Morant out, with Jaron Jackson Jr. out, they still have players to fill in in those roles. Uh, Jonas mm-hmm. Valanciunas was their best player last year, according to all advanced stats, basically. So Jonas Valanciunas actually is a, a solid, solid NBA starter. He is not close to an all-star game, but he is probably... He's a top 15 center in the league, no doubt. I'll tell you what, the Toronto Raptors would love to have Jonas Valanciunas as their starting oh center God. right now. Oh my God, wouldn't they? So, uh, okay. they just have a lot of really good players. Tyus Jones isn't going to cough the ball up. Uh, mm-hmm. And and if Grayson Allen is going to give you positive minutes, then as your secondary point guard, then you're going to you're going to be competitive. And that that's what they have been. They beat the Nets twice now this year with all the injuries that they've had. The Wolves are three and eight. I feel amazing about this season. I like I like the direction we're headed. Um, <laughs> I don't feel uh, disheartened or depressed at all. Uh, everything is good. Let's talk about. Oh, what, Wait, what do you got? Let's let's one more one last thing. Let's okay, just please. talk about the schedule going forward. So okay, in my mind, I wanted to get one of these two games against the Grizzlies. Cause I know that they're a tough team. They're an in-conference team. Are they an in-division team? I don't know, but they seem like it. They so are an always, in-division team. Yeah. They're always playing. The, I don't know what the divisions are in the Western conference. We need to switch it all up. So that the, two our, I believe our division is Memphis, Denver, OKC, Portland. All over the, the country. I know it's fucked up. <laughs> uh, we need to get it over to the Eastern conference so we can uh, have like a normal, like our football uh, division where it's yeah uh, somehow we're in the northwest division it's it's fucked up good yeah. thing seattle and las vegas will be adding teams in the next three years and mm-hmm. the the wolves are the most likely candidate to move over to the east so and it makes so much sense for us to be in the midwestern conference where it would be like us the bucks the bulls just like in the nfl where the where, where mm-hmm. the nfc north and we have all the Midwest yep. and Memphis can be with the with the southern teams just like ten, Tennessee like the Titans are it, yeah. it just it makes sense <laughs> okay so uh but anyway uh so we have another chance against the Grizzlies we have to split these games if we want to have a realistic chance at the 10 seed like I mean there's always like we're early in the season so there's always a chance but uh, yeah. uh but then we have the Hawks the Magic the Hawks the Pelicans and the Warriors all of those games are winnable. Warriors twice. All of those games are winnable. I mean, who's? Go- I mean, I think Zion is going to destroy the Wolves. Oh, he will. No, doubt. I think that's like <laughs> he's gonna. But he's gonna hurt everyone. Uh, who's gonna guard? Is is Kogi gonna guard Zion? <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna trade for PJ Tucker by then. Let's not worry about it. That's the trade <laughs> in January. That's ten days from now. We don't have to worry about that for now. Unless, uh, okay, what's Zion going to give up on the defensive end if we're playing our small lineup, though? That's the real question. Okay, uh, so we can beat the Grizzlies, we can beat the Hawks, we can beat the Magic, we can beat the Hawks. Like, if we do, if we can somehow get on a, uh, a winning streak of four games right there, 
that brings us up to seven and eight. And that puts us right into contention for that 10 seed. And I still want to make the 10 seed. I still think there's a chance to make the 10 seed. I was actually, I was, I was kind of encouraged by today's game. I'll just leave it at that. The first three quarters were awesome. The best basketball we've seen in two years. And so let's just hold on to that for all that we can. Yep. Got to be positive. Uh, so, uh, cause there, there's no reason not to root for the wolves to try to make the playoffs this year because their chances of keeping their pick are slim. All right. Um, we want to talk about the other big piece of news today, which is the fucking James Harden trade. I, for one, am disappointed that the wolves did not get in on this because the teams that did get in on this came away as fucking master fleecers. <laughs> um, <laughs> what what dylan (laughs) i can't believe that in a world where victor oladipo is still coming back from an injury that had him out for a year and a half that he had equal value well i guess you know karis lavert has had a lot of injury injuries in his past too but is somehow equal to a player who looked like he did in the bubble like he looks like he can lead a bad team but that he can Mm -hmm. lead a team and and I, I I do think that the Pacers make actually a little bit more sense now. I could I could eat. Yeah, a lot let's of let's this. let's Maybe read let's it. let's break down the trade before we before okay. we break it down. Um, so the the base of the trade was the the Rockets and the Nets. So the the Rockets sent James Harden to the Nets, and the Nets sent over Karis LeVert three future first round unprotected picks and four pick swaps. So that's essentially a total of seven first round picks because, well, no, I, we'll, see, we'll see what probably the probably like. switch. Yeah. Cause uh, especially the early swaps like this year, maybe the one in two years, those are probably yep. going to be not that good. And so, well, the, the swaps come in 20. So this year's swap, and then yeah, the 2023 okay. swap, likely the Nets will still be good. But so, then 2025, 2027 swaps okay. could be... Uh... So essentially that's <laughs> five picks. That's five first yeah. picks. That's normal. Yep, yep. That's normal. Mm-hmm. For, for a player of Harden's caliber, fine. Yep. And then Karis LeVert actually got rerouted to uh, Indiana along with a 2023 Houston second round pick. Uh, in exchange for Victor Oladipo. And to make salaries match, Cleveland came in and sent Dante Exum to Houston and took on Jarrett Culver and Tarion Prince. Oh, no, no, no. Jarrett, Jarrett Allen. Jarrett, did I say Jarrett Culver? <laughs> <laughs> no one's taking on Jarrett, Jarrett Culver. No one's taking it. I love all these fucking Timberwolves Twitter trades with Jarrett Culver as the piece. And it's like, <laughs> who's doing that? <laughs> who in their right mind is trading for Jarrett Culver? The Wolves didn't even want to trade up for Jarrett Culver. Darius Garland just got taken, and then we settled. <laughs> yeah, let's just let's just hold our hat on that from now on, since since uh, Darius Garland looks good now. <laughs> it's fucking shitty. Um, Jarrett Allen, Tarian Prince uh, went to the Cavs, and then the Cavs sent a. Milwaukee Bucks 2022 unprotected first round pick to the Rockets. So all said and done, the Rockets got eight picks. 
Do you think the and, Reds had anything to do with the Rockets thinking like, oh my God, we just got Christian Wood and DeMarcus Cousins. Jared Allen does not help us win now. Um, yeah, I felt like they didn't need um, Jared Allen. Um, it feels and, like the Rockets made a win now move. I think the Rockets believe in themselves. I think they believe in in John Wall. I, 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 and like and like Tillman from from Tita, Tillman Fertitta believes in himself. That's the problem. That's the one singular problem here. Well, I think here's the thing: is that the Rockets have been better than anyone really thought. You know, like John Wall's looked better. Demarcus Cousins looks okay. Christian Wood looks really good. Um, and yet, you know, somehow I, they're still three and six. The Timberwolves are three and eight. They're three and six. I thought they were better than that. No, they just lost Fuck. two games very badly to the Lakers. I don't know if you saw either one of those, but it was bad. Oh, well, I saw some highlights for sure. <laughs> I saw LeBron doing the Taking Steph the Curry look way. away. Oh my Dude. god, that was amazing. <laughs> That was so disrespectful, yo. And it and and like in that game too, pre-game, you saw the Harden clip where I don't know who the announcer was, but they were he like, definitely ate a pre-game meal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that shit got me. That got me bad. Um, okay, so let's go team by team. Just like let's let's organize this. So yeah. let's let's look at the Nets. They have. Now, now their their starting lineup is Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Joe Harris, Kevin Durant, DeAndre Jordan. That's OP, right? That's like it's <laughs> like an insane big three. DeAndre Jordan didn't start though, but now he will have to probably. But yeah, I mean, they probably won't start Jeff Green. Like you saw I think ESPN, that they... you saw ESPN posted Jeff Green as their. The I know that's starter. they're not going to start Jeff. Green, are you kidding me? That's <laughs> they might finish stupid. with Jeff Green. Yeah, I, finishing and starting are different, though. <laughs> you know, yeah. like that's they're they're real different. Um, but that's like two, that's two MVPs and a six-time All Star, two-time All NBA cat. Um, but really, what they did is they insured themselves for some Kyrie injury because Kyrie hasn't made a postseason healthy in how many years? <laughs> like, <laughs> That's true. They they that is the one thing that they did was raise their floor. Now uh -huh. their expectation, even with one injury to their top three players, is to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals with a chance, with a competitive chance at making it to the finals, no matter mm -hmm. what. Mm -hmm. With one with one injury to one of those three guys. But I don't know if they raised their ceiling because they looked so good in their first game. I I, I won't even say that because one of the things that's holding me back from saying that the Nets are the favorites for the championship right now is Spencer Dinwiddie. That that com was a complete game changer for them, having three yeah, ball handlers sucks. on their starting lineup. And losing him was big. Spencer mm -hmm. Dinwiddie, keep in mind, when, uh, when D'Lo was having his all-star season for the Nets, Spencer Dinwiddie was also getting consideration at that time. Right. Right. So he's a solid, he's a very good player in, in a bad conference. If, if a conference is bad, it seems like both conferences are pretty solid now, but in a right. bad conference, he is a consider consideration for the all-star game. Well, I mean, they, they went from like either Spencer Dinwiddie or Karis LeVert as their like playmaker off the bench to like Bruce Brown or Timothy Luau Cabarro, <laughs> which isn't non NBA level. I think yes. Bruce Brown is solid. 
that's I think I, both those players are solid. And and TLC has actually improved so much since his time in Philadelphia. He looks like he looks like a a really solid rotation player. But it is it admittedly it's a step down, like a big step down from Levert and Dinwiddie. Admittedly. In terms of Twitter NBA circles, they don't know those players and they would make fun of the fact that those players are now going to get con- like consistent minutes on this team. Yeah, but I, I think I think Brooklyn still has eight NBA rotation players. Yes. In the playoffs, they could mm-hmm. be nasty. They could totally yes. be nasty. If if Steve Nash gets his rotations right, which is tough to do, mm-hmm. especially in a mm-hmm. shortened, compressed season. Uh, and in your first season with a team that has never played with each other, if he can get his rotations correct, they can win the championship, of course. But did also, I think there's that before. I still think I still think I thought that before. Jared Allen and uh, and Karis LeVert are really good players, and I don't know if Harden's gonna be in shape at the end of the season. He's never been in the shape in shape at the end of any season, and this season he hasn't been in shape to begin it. Yep. Not that he was in shape to begin a lot of the seasons either. But yep. it, it's, and then, we, you know, the, I don't know what the buyout market's going to look like, but there's going to be a six-man role available on the Nets. And so there, there's a chance, you know, if Derrick Rose ends up getting bought out, if, you know, there, there, are, there are players that, that could be available oh to them. Oh, my God. That, I mean, um, that, would, that would fill every single thing that Spencer anybody did for them. So that's, that would be amazing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, let's look at the Houston Rockets. The Houston Lord Rockets Hill now have. Looks like he doesn't want to play. <laughs> <laughs> the Houston Rockets now have uh John Wall, Victor Oladipo, Daniel House, PJ Tucker for now, and Christian Wood as their starting lineup. Um they also received Donta Exum who probably like I don't know if he'll play. He hasn't been playing. He's not really an NBA player at this point. What are your thoughts on the Houston Rockets? My thoughts are it took you way too long to get to Donta Exum. <laughs> uh and not long enough or and also it took you way too long to get to bruno caboclo <laughs> oh i love bruno i think I houston's know. gonna be better actually without james harden because they won't have someone who's actively tanking yeah uh, and, and they were like pretty good even like despite james harden <laughs> uh so i you know they seem like they should be in the mix for play-in games maybe the seventh or eighth seed in the west yeah, uh, I mean, this is still good news for the Timberwolves fans who still want to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But are they better than the Timberwolves? Likely, as long as this John oh, Wall, yeah. as long as this John Wall thing uh, keeps going, like he's looking really good. So yeah, I think um, we can revisit the are they better than the Wolves thing after the PJ Tucker trade. Like, let's see what, <laughs> what happens. There, you know? Well, oh, uh, you mean the PJ Tucker trade to the Timberwolves? I mean, whether it's to the Timberwolves or to anyone else and what they get in, re- in return. Like, I just, <laughs> I, I think that we we will see. The thing um, that I don't know is, like, is Victor Oladipo that, I'm okay, they are making win-now moves on a team mm-hmm. that is not going to win anything right now. Win-now? Yeah, I mean, they, they have Victor to resign Oladipo's like 29. Yeah, and they have and to they resign have, him. And he's going to sign for a max. We discussed this off-pod, but what are who is like they have to keep Victor Oladipo he will walk for anything less than a max at this point as long as he looks like a, a, a fragment of what he looks well like. yeah and and like Paul George and Giannis are off the table Kawhi is probably off the table and so Victor Oladipo is looking to be the best unrestricted free agent a lot of teams this. made their cap 
moves so that they would be able to get Giannis this summer. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the Dallas Mavericks, are they are they honestly going to go after Victor Oladipo? I doubt it. Who knows? Who knows? They might. But maybe depends on I think it depends on how they do this year, you know? Yeah. But I like do I want Victor Oladipo handling the ball a ton? Who's the who's the new coach? Steven Silas? For who? I believe so. Okay. Well, whatever. Uh so Steven Silas, uh he's going to have to get this right between John Wall and Victor Oladipo, just like Nate McMillan had to get right last year and the year before or whatever with whatever point guard was paired with Victor Oladipo. And so I'm, I'm worried that Victor Oladipo is just kind of too small to be a shooting guard in reality. And is Victor Oladipo also good enough at playmaking to be a point guard, even if he's just taking the backup point guard minutes when John Wall's on the bench or whatever, it could be a perfect pairing and it could not work out too. Well, I think it helps that John Wall's kind of big and like that's true. You know, he's a I, very, I, very good shot blocker as well. So yeah, I think I think that that's a decent pairing. Um, I'm 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 excited to see. I think they're going to be more fun to watch because there's not going to be a fucking <laughs> player trying to tank their fucking season on Although, the roster. Victor Oladipo um, looked like that in the bubble with the Pacers last true. season. <laughs> Let's talk next about the Cavaliers. They gave up a Bucks first round pick and Dante Exum for Tarian Prince and Jarrett Allen. I think when I first saw this move, I was like, what are they trying to run a five center lineup? Like I'm dreaming of JaVale McGee, Larry Nance, Thon Maker, Andre Drummond, Jarrett Allen lineups, just like I trotting out like, like Denver in the bubble type lineups, <laughs> except worse. Um, I'm Dwayne Wade right now. I'm D Wade right now. I love- but I actually, the more I've thought about it, the more I think it's actually pretty brilliant. Like to give up a, an extra first round pick that's not going to be that good to get what is going to be a foundational piece for them moving forward in Jared Allen is kind of brilliant. Like they don't need to re sign Andre Drummond. He's not in their future plans. JaVale McGee is not in their future plans. And so moving forward with Garland, Sexton, Okoro, and Allen and Nance, I mean, that's like, that's something. You know, that that's direction at the very least, right? <laughs> I don't know, because I feel like when they made that Drummond move, didn't they re-sign Nance or something? Yeah, I mean, like, let's let's throw all that. Let's, I mean, like, let's look. Let's wait it out. Look, if, if Andre Drummond is available to you for John Henson and a couple second round picks, like, why not? Okay. You know, like, <laughs> they got him for nothing. <laughs> and they might resign him for nothing. So who knows? Yeah, I mean, we'll see. But again, Andre Drummond is going to be another player where it's like all the all the players are are gone, you know. Yeah. Um, and and Andre and Drummond Knicks, has has been an All NBA player. And the know? Knicks don't think that Mitchell Robinson can start for some reason. Yeah. Well, <laughs> maybe the Raptors are going to be desperate because they're going to have all this That's cap true. space and a shit ass team. Um. But I, I I like that. I think I think they they couldn't do anything in free agency. Like they don't need to play the restricted free agency game. They just have a t- a player under team control now who's good for five years. Good good job, Cavs. On a yeah, um, a great deal. But I think the winner of this whole event is the Indiana Pacers. The Indiana Pacers got a twenty twenty three second from Houston. A Houston twenty twenty three second round pick. Possibly a really good pick. Possibly a really good pick. 
And Karis LeVert for Victor Oladipo. Dylan, what are your thoughts on this? Okay, so the Pacers weren't going to win the championship this year. So now they get a younger player who, yeah. despite the fact that he has also had health concerns, has shown that he can do different things than Victor Oladipo does, who seemed a little bit out of place to me on this Indiana Pacers team, even though they looked really good, especially defensively, still, somehow, I don't know how it how it's happened. I guess Miles Turner is just that good. Is Miles Turner that good? Malcolm Brogdon, um, I guess, also stepped up. But. Malcolm Brogdon is very good. Sabonis is very good. <laughs> like Sabonis? I think they just have a lot of very – like, they don't have any – Aging players, but they have a lot of very good NBA NBA players on that team. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with that. So what they did was they took a swing on a player with more potential. Like I think that Karis LeVert could end up developing into that type of player that you need to win an NBA championship. Not necessarily for them to be the best player on the team, but like the player that can go out and find his own shot. That's mm-hmm. the Kawhi, the LeBron, and there are. Those are the two, like, obviously, like, prime examples of that. But you need a player that can go out and find their own shot in order to be uh, a contender in the NBA. So I love it. I love that. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think Victor Oladipo was that in the same way because he doesn't have that size and length, that mm-hmm. same size and length. So I, I love Karis LeVert. I'm a Karis LeVert believer still. I know that I think he's struggled uh, since we've... Uh, since that first game where he looked incredible, but, um, but I still believe in him. I'm a big Karis LeVert fan and a big believer. I mean, in in the bubble last year, he looked like a fucking all-star. He looked amazing. He was dragging that Brooklyn Nets team to heights that they should not have reached. Um, and, and I think he'll, he will go into this Indiana Pacers team and immediately be, the first or second option. I think it kind of depends on who's feeling it between him and Sabonis. And then, you know, when TJ Warren comes back, it's going to be, well, Brogdon's been 25, a game guy. Yeah. So Brogdon like, has been maybe amazing. Third. But the other thing that he's shown is that he can be the third banana. Mm-hmm. So I, I love it. I think that, and I, and I don't think he's a selfish player. He can play off ball. And I think he's still developing that shot off ball, but, um, but he's just going to provide more versatility to the Indiana Pacers. And with TJ Warren out, they, they do need that. They need someone who can play more the small forward role. Yeah. And, and again, like the, the Pacers just got someone who's on con- uh, under contract this year and next. He's two years younger. Uh, he's He's got a lot of potential still. He's 26. And so he's, you know, basically the player that he'll become. But he's had such a like a up and down and choppy NBA experience that, you know, you don't know there, there could be more there and, and to give up a player who did not want to be there and who they were not going to resign and to get uh, a player under team control and And a a 2023 Houston pick it's second round, but like who knows what Houston's going to look like in 2023, you know? So it it could be decent. You know, I think Malcolm Brogdon was picked with the 35th pick. So, you know, it's like there, there's it's it's something. Um, I, I think that they totally won the trade. Um, no wow. Doubt. We wanted to go 20 minutes. We went 40. Thank you all Damn for it. listening. <laughs> we love you so much. I guess we had a lot to talk about. Um, don't forget to like and subscribe, download, do all the podcast shit. You know what Tony to B. Do. Download our Tony- podcast. 
please Tony. <laughs> follow us on Instagram and Twitter at CND Pod. Follow us on Twitter. We're a better Twitter follow than an Instagram follow for sure. Yeah. Um we actually listen, we actually post. <laughs> yeah, we we tweet. It's Instagram posts is just like it, it's hard during COVID, you know? It's like what are you, what are you supposed to you got to search the internet for a a picture of something and then I know. edit it. It takes, it long. It takes it. so long. I know cuz we uh, once we're back together then we can just take pictures of ourselves and shit and it'll be cool. And it'll, it'll be cool to follow us again. Anyway, breaking news, uh, breaking news. I lost my Twitter, so now my only Twitter is the CND pod. So, I don't know if it's going to become my personal Twitter now. Who knows? Sad. That's what you get for inter- impersonating Trump, you jackass. Um all right, I love you all so much. <laughs> we'll we'll speak soon. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>